What's going on, Button Mashers? I'm Mr. Gamer. And I'm Kitty Duvall. And welcome to SBR Reports episode 153, Our Flag Means Gaming. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> By the way, I would also like to say that we at the Star Button Review do not support any illegal activity. Because some people can get that really confused. But going on to things that nobody asked for, um, it looks like we're getting another remaster of The Last of Us. Woo! Why? I need to I need to know. I, I mean, why did we have so many remasters of Persona and why is Persona 5? Okay, wait, 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 wait. Don't let me cook. We have remasters of a lot of things no one even asked for. Uh-huh. Except know. Twilight Princess. Okay, because I know you because see, there's a difference between the remastering that we are unfortunately experiencing with The Last of Us, as reported on Polygon.com. Uh, despite a PlayStation Store policy that say pre-orders may not be canceled and refunds aren't available, Sony will refund $10 for those who pre-ordered The Last of Us remastered for PlayStation 4 in light of a price cut from $50 to $60. Now from I'm sorry, from yeah, from a price cut to $50 from $60. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, now, while this article specifically talks about the fact that, yes, people who pre-ordered it will be getting a refund, I do want to point out it actually wasn't that long that we had the original Last of Us for that game to be remastered. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that in a... Maybe in a in a cinema sense, the game was very pretty. I can't agree with the fact... I can't agree with giving it a remaster, though. Like, it's not even that old enough to need it. Like, how, well, how much higher are you going to beef up the graphics? I mean, well, to be fair, weirder things have fan bases that don't get a remaster. And The Last of Us, for some reason, one reason or another, no tea, no shade has a large fan base. It does? I'm assuming that's why they made the remaster because people are pre-ordering it. People are getting refunds. Oh, now, hold on. Now, now, normally, I would say, yes, I agree with you, Ms. Duvall, but I can't say that people wanted this. I'm going to say that it's actually corporate greed. And now, the reason I'm saying it's corporate greed is because no one asked for it no one asked for it, first of all. Secondly, there are, and I know this, there are significantly more, there are significantly more video game projects that could use a remastering. And I could think of several that I play on my Steam Deck right now. I mean, and I agree with you 100%. I'm just saying outside of our circle. Uh... <laughs> There, someone probably asked for it. No one asked to put Putt-Putt on the Switch. To put who? <laughs> you know, the car game where you learn things, Putt-Putt, the car, the car game. I'm, little, I'm, I'm the so... The learning game. Are, are, we, are we going back to Windows 95? What is... <laughs> yeah, it's on the Switch now and no one asked for that, but here it is. So there is obviously a demand for it somewhere. Absolutely bonkers, which is why I'm not surprised by this. Is it corporate greed? Yes. yes. Can we be, just call it what it is? Could, could it be investors pushing this 1,006%? But there is at least one motherfucker 
I guess that's this this word for this episode. Yeah, out there that uh, uh that wanted this. I'm I I'm I per like me personally as as a gamer though. I am confuzzled. I'm not even confuzzled. I'm tired of remasters. Like, don't get me wrong. Nostalgia definitely sells. I think Nintendo has been polishing that for years now. But but that doesn't mean that we can't try to maybe get something new. And I say that. I say that knowing that the title that we're going to be talking about is actually a really good indie title. But I'm not even there yet. I just want. I'm. I'm sick of remastered. I'm. I'm sick of 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 remakes. I'm. I'm. I'm tired of reboots. I'm tired of playing the same type of games that I've been playing since I was playing video games. Yeah, yeah buddy. <laughs> but as long as we have things like the writers' strike and Crap. everything. Right. We might as well just get used to this. Cause they, uh, it's it hurts. Al- Man, it's almost as if these corporations are prepping for a strike. I but I hope that's not the but case. But that's a tinfoil tin hat. Man. Tinfoil hat. Woo-wee. That's some conspiracy, but we're not. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> we, we are not going to go there. All right. That is a Celestia Incorporated trademark. All right. Anyway, moving on to actually our next topic, which is actually the indie title. Um, I'm going to apologize for Mr. Ball because I just threw that out there and she's looking at me like, you did not tell me that we were talking about this right now. But the indie title that I want to speak of is called Fist, Forged in Shadow Torch. And please, yes, I made so wait. many. Wait. I just put that together. No, you didn't. I just no, put you that didn't. together. No, you didn't. No, 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 no. no. You're gonna <laughs> tell. You're you're going to say psych because how many times have I been saying that title completely in its entirety? Fist, forge in shadow, torch. I'm gonna be so real with you, Mister Gamer. Yes. I'm occasionally 90% of the time not sober when you're talking to me about... That's pleasant to know that that's the state of your mind when I'm talking to you and working with you, Miss Duval. Thank you. You're please, welcome. Please go on. No, no. It was just... It was just I did not think to put that together because you would say fist, blah, blah, blah. And my brain would be stuck on fist like, <laughs> fist. Exactly. But oh, fist oh my. <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> Mm. Mm. Okay, yeah, you went there. But, um, yeah, so there will be a review coming out for this title, but it is available on Xbox Game Pass right now. I, of course, have the Steam link on my website and in the description of this podcast. If you like furries and if you like Metroidvania and if you don't mind Diesel Punk, I didn't even know what Diesel Punk actually was until I played this game. Like, I actually, D- Diesel Punk Punk is badass. Like, I didn't know I it. Need, I need more solar punk games, but Diesel Punk is a nice change from Steampunk. Yes. Because Steampunk is overdone at this point. We've seen it. Synced it. <laughs> it Synced it. Synced. 
synced it. Come on, give me something. Man, I, g give me something new. But anyway, yes, Forged in Shadow Torch. It is still available on Xbox Game Pass right now. Hopefully you Sony ponies will still be able to get your hands on it, but you PC Master Race people will be able to pick it up on Steam right now. Oh my God, and it's so cute, the bear. Okay, I yeah. I love the bear. Yeah, again, I'm, mean, I'm not gonna say too much on the podcast yeah. because of the review, but yes, the story is, cliche. I'm, yes, but. I love a good cliche. It is a cliche, but an engaging cliche. Yeah. Like, yes, you can tell where things are coming from, but you can still be actually pleasantly surprised about how they did it. You just knew it was going to happen. You didn't know how. It's like watching an episode of Columbo. Oh, I was I just, just going to say it's like watching a rom-com. It's the same concept that's just done with different actors and actresses. Okay, I like that one better. That one didn't make me feel old because I like yeah. Google what is... Okay, yeah, no. Yeah, not, thank well, you. Th yeah, The all grays right. in my, like, yep. peace fuzz is, like, coming out now. Anywho, <laughs> moving on to our next topic... According to a uh, according to an article released on ArsTechnica.com, Denuvo wants to convince you it's DRM isn't evil. All right, Mr. Gamer, you're gonna have to explain to me what DRM is, like I'm five. All right, so I want you to imagine that you have bought yourself a car. Okay. You bought yourself a car, I right? I can't drive, but okay. Okay, okay. You have a license. And you can drive a car, okay. and you've bought a car, right? <laughs> All right. Before I you to be a beetle, sweet Celestia, <laughs> it's a beetle, okay? Yay! It's 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 a, a Barbie bar pink beetle, okay? Did I beat you to it? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay, you have a Barbie pink beetle that you have bought. Okay. You went to the dealership, and they were like, "Hey." You, you got your money, you got everything else, here's your car, you have the keys. You put the keys into the ignition of that car. That I just bought. Of, that you just bought. Okay. And before the car actually starts, where you can move, mm -hmm. it has to check with the dealership. Excuse the fuck. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, It has to check with the dealership that that car is legit. Now, remember, you went to the dealership. You bought the car. Okay. You put the, you put the keys in the ignition to right. start the car because you want to start driving before you are actually able to drive. But after you put the ignition, after you put the keys in the ignition... The car needs to go check with the dealership to make sure that everything is legit. And once that check is done, then you're free to drive. But that's not just it. As, as you drive further and further, the car always, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, always needs to check. So, about that car. Hold on. We're still not even done. Because the problem with all of this is your oil gets eaten up a lot more for some reason. You were told you can get 32 miles to the gallon. You're only getting 22. Why does it take so long for your car to start up and for you to get going? That's not what you bought when you went to that dealer. Then the dealer tells you, don't worry about 
those checks. It's there to make you safe. It's there to make sure that you have a good driving experience. I'm not having a good driving experience in my Barbie pink beetle. Congratulations, DRM. Okay, that now, sounds so convoluted for no reason. Yes. So in a in a more gaming <laughs> in, a, in a more gaming more technical sense, you have a game like Call of Duty. Call of Duty has DRM called Boxy Boy. Boxy Boy has to run in the background using your computer's resources to constantly check up against the, I'm just going to call it the legitimate server, to constantly check that what you're doing is legitimate. But its check takes up resources on your machine that need to go to the game that you're playing right now. And it can't because this special little parasite is hogging it all up just to go... And it's completely unnecessary. So it's a spy window. A spy window that is argued as a legitimate piece of software to stop piracy. Because remember, it's always going to go check against the quote unquote legit legitimate server to make sure that what you're doing is good. So yes, in so many senses, it can be seen as spyware. When what it's doing is like letting, you know, sending whomever like, oh, hey, this copy of this thing is legitimate when in actuality it is actually detrimental to you enjoying the game. <laughs> like that is now. And, and again, the problem is companies are saying we need this so that we know that you are playing a legitimate copy of your product. If. Yeah. If. If, 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 I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. This was actually necessary. Wouldn't it be easier to just check it once and go from there? No. No, it is not. Because when you think about, when you think about video games as they are now, unfortunately, a lot of them are live service. They're always on. So it can't just be one check it has to be a check every single time we see your profile come online because you may have gotten on at 8 a.m but then when you got on at uh 10 a.m oh we noticed that you got you know sh sharpshoot sighting now aimbots you know whatever <clears throat> that is typically the time you jump back on after your meeting huh absolutely not what are you talking about <laughs> now going back to the article um, let me make sure that I'm saying this uh, gentleman's name correctly. The chief, uh, Iridetto's chief operating officer of video games, Steve Hewn, had a few statements about specifically the anti-piracy measures of DRM, saying anti-piracy technologies is to the benefit of the game publishers, but also is of a benefit to the players in that it protects the publisher's investment and it means the publishers can then invest in the next game. But people typically don't think enough of that. Whether people want to believe it or not, we are all gamers. We love gaming. We love being a part of it. We develop technologies with the intent to make the industry better and stronger. I want to make sure that, that, that what he said is really clear. People don't typically think enough about that. It is not the job of the consumer 
to think about the piracy technology or the anti-piracy technologies that a company needs to put forward to protect their investment. I and there you got it. Like I I'm I'm gonna be real with you, Chief. I'm a consumer. I don't care. Yeah, like like <laughs> like like I'm so you're putting thing you're putting things in place harming me to enjoy your thing so that you can make sure that your shareholders are ups, are are happy because if I'm a 100 if I'm again keep it real with you chief the money that has been put in video games has not has been put in the miscellaneous category because quality it just ain't there perfect example I am loving a video game right now called Exoprimal I'm actually legitimately having fun with this game this game actually does nothing new this game is I'm playing this game on Game Pass if this game had not dropped on Game Pass, I would not have picked it up because, again, it doesn't do anything new. So why would I wait? Why would straight up? Why would I waste my money on it if you're not doing any if you're not doing anything new? Like. I, I'm and, and I understand that people are going to be like, oh, well, you haven't played too much of it or maybe that that's not the point. It's supposed to, you know, you're just you're not supposed to be thinking that heavily about it. Point blank bottom line though, if the game is marketed right now at 60 bucks, it's just not that much. It just ain't worth 60 bucks in comparison to everything else on the market. And this is going to be a perfect segue into our next topic, but the only way to beat piracy, honestly, honestly, and, and I'm, I'm I'm not even saying this as like me being, you know, screw corporations. Just make the consumption of your product easy to consume and people won't try and steal it. Yeah. Like that's that I remember paying forty, fifty dollars for a game and it was great. Sixty dollars even is still fine for some games, mostly some tri- game. mostly <laughs> triple A games, because I don't have a choice, Nintendo. Um <laughs> <laughs> right. but it's like we don't condone piracy. No, no, we we don't condone piracy. But what we do condone is consumer choice. That is what we want. And you have a choice to play games with DRM, or you have a choice to not play games with DRM. I was just gonna say, choose to consume from the plate of your choice. Okay, I'm going to make a statement. No DRM. I, I mean, okay. Yes. No DRM. Especially. But- there is no reason to have DRM in a single player only game. Jesus Christ, I would be so mad. Like imagine you got into imagine you got into Animal Crossing. Imagine you got into Animal Crossing and before you and before you could go into uh to you know go talk to Isabel, there was like some nook nook.exe process in the background and for some reason every single time you opened up your inventory, it would the you would see frames chugging. You would be upset. To be fair, I would have thought it was just a part of the game because it's Tom Nook. Okay, so <laughs> but it's I like, get your point. Yes, it's like it's like it's like Tom Tom Nook. He's you know it's fine. He could be like, a capitalist. Oh. He's a raccoon. Oh, just be like oh Animal Crossing getting kind of meta neat. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Now, one of the things in the article they talk about is a specific example of 
DRM actually affecting the impact of a video game. And in 2009, an analysis from Ars showed that a DeNuvo, which is a type of DRM, free copy of Batman, um, uh, Batman Arkham Knight on the Epic Games Store to a copy that does have the DeNuvo software on it. And they found that there was no difference in performance, but a series of analysis from a YouTube channel called Overlord Gaming in 2018. Now, I want to point out that the Ars study was done in 2019, but that these 2018 studies found a significant performance between those two games once DRM was actually removed. Now, the link to all of that will be within the article, and I've taken a look at a few of them. Now, I will say that Batman Arkham Knight has all... I believe, no, that was a PC port. Yep, that was a PC port. So that was already rough on its own. So as much as I would love to give perhaps a harsher criticism, I'm going to pull it back a little bit on that. But I am going to say that when it specifically comes to a single player experience, I can't imagine the need for that type of software specifically because that software first was anti-cheat and now it's become a bigger monster god that's that's another thing but we'll be on this podcast for forever six years. yeah we're not like we'll, we'll talk about anti-cheat stuff, stuff. yep stuff it, but let's go let's go on to you know the big meaty topic of this which is mm, as reported on P- oh celestia as reported on PCGamer.com, study finds that around 87% of games are unplayable without resorting to piracy, scavenger hunts, or traveling to an archive. Now, this one does unfortunately hit close to home because there are certain games that I know that I've played physically before that I have not been able to find physically again. One example, Drill Dozer for the Game Boy Advance. I remember playing that game in the video game section of Walmart when I was a very, very young. And again, I do not want to pirate a game to enjoy the game. I want there to be a nice legal option for me to enjoy the content of insert company here. So this is one actually, because I was the one that found this article. This one really hit close for me. Not so much like because there are certain games I want to play, mm-hmm. but it's the fact of preserving things and like how copyrights can stop that from happening. Like we as a human species love to preserve our history a lot. Like mm-hmm. that's why that's why I absolutely love libraries. I didn't even know there were things for video game archives. Me either. Until I read this. Was this really cool? Or like, you know, we go to gaming stores like the exchange or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we can buy at extremely yeah. high prices. Right, like, like at a premium McDucking price. But like, you know, collectible things. Um, this one kind of up, really upset me because... There are investors who are saying and lobbyists fighting this whole thing saying, oh, there's no need for us to change our copyright laws when it comes to gaming to preserve these games because X, Y, Z reason. And 
It, it's the, one of the reasons I get mad at Nintendo. It's like, dude, just put your library on there. You're like you a know historical you place. You know you could, and you know the beauty of it is, is that there are people. If you were to, if you were to anonymously ask um, a group of people, would you pirate something? Again, anonymously, you would have people who answered yes, and those same people. If you again ask them, if you had the option. If Company A gave you the option to buy insert pirated item here, would you just have bought it? More often or not, the answer is yes. Yeah, because it would be available. I wouldn't have to crack anything. I wouldn't have to like get on the dark web. I don't know how privacy works. I'm but, vanilla, but you get my point. <laughs> yeah, like pi- the only thing that piracy does is it it. Gives the consumer an, an unfortunate alternative way to enjoy and to enjoy a product. You know, we were just talking about uh, remasters at the beginning of this episode, mm-hmm. and there are so many games that are just lost to time that could have had a remaster. Oh boy! Do you know what they're? Do, do you know what they are? Uh, what was it? I, it? It's a it's a recent Sonic game. That is actually being remastered, and I actually don't think it's 06. I think it's Sonic Adventure, the one that was on the Dreamcast. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I think that one is actually getting a remaster. Now, I have to say that it is... It's unfortunate that this is the ecosystem that games are in. Like, you will find... You you, you will find hours. Hours! You know what? Let me, let, me, let me be real. You will find days and weeks of video content on YouTube just talking about the lost files in video games that people just can't play anymore and the very specific extra special edition cartridge of, I don't know, Ghosting Goblins or something like that. I would love to play that and to know that the only way that I can play that legitimately is to... Buy it from a collector, which is going to be easy four-digit numbers. Very, very easy four digits. Mm-hmm. Or happen to go to some sort of archive that that has it. Because again, I don't want I, I don't want to pirate it. I don't oh, want to steal it. Happen to refurbish the game systems that it's meant for. Oh, ooh, ooh, like wee. imagine trying to play Pokemon Crystal because that was one of my favorite Pokemon games. I think and it had the. Uh, see-through card package. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> like. <laughs> it, it. Well. People, and it kills me that investors aren't listening to consumers and shareholders aren't listening to consumers because they could make a beautiful pretty penny if they just listen to people. But people at the top don't want to listen to the people at the bottom because. Yeah, because. Reasons. Because if they you, hate money, but they also want money, but they want to sit on their little dragon horde of games. Like, make that make sense. So I'm definitely what I'm seeing with it is less of they're allergic to money and similar to the stupid decision the Activision Blizzard did. Well, the stupid decision they were forced to make. They had to cut off Overwatch one to have Overwatch two. Corporations don't want you playing the old thing. They want you playing the new thing because the new thing is monetized better. We haven't monetized the old thing. So you play that. We make we really don't make as much money off of it as we could versus the new monetized thing. That's where this is that because when I'm playing like when I'm playing Double Dash, I'm straight up playing Double Dash. You, no, I'm going to give I, I keep I know I keep interrupting you, but 
I this example just popped inside my head. There is so much, I'm going to say, internal chatter about Baldur's Gate. There are developers of, the, of Baldur's Gate saying this should be the new standard of gaming. Like the way that your actions interact and affect the world is supposed to be huge. Now you have other developers saying, nah, miss me with that. You're not as good as you say you are. Look, I want to play Boulder Escape because of unlimited uh, customization, but that's beside the point. I feel like in the most casualness at the casual gamer between the two of us, uh-huh. Nintendo is doing it right somewhat. Yeah. But no, this, this like when it comes to their older games and having that subscription where people can play those older games. Like, cause, because, like, you know, that's a way to monetize it. That is a yearly, that could be a monthly thing for, like, if people wanted to do it, but that is a yearly thing that people pay for. And I see where you're going with, Mr. Vall. I do. Because they want, because it's like, it's something they can monetize because people want an endless supply of entertainment. We, especially in the West, as a Western civilization, mm-hmm. want an unlimited supply of entertainment. And a lot of us are nostalgic and want to go through the archives yeah. of everything. I would, I would. And there be... are certain games I would buy over and over and over and over again. Hell. Once Silver Knight becomes, you remember Silver Knight? Yeah. It's not even that old. Yeah. But can you imagine years down the line buying it again because they made it shinier? Shantae. Shantae. If they re- that is a oh. game. There are games we know for a fact that me, you, yeah, Bun Masters yeah, yeah, would have, buy over yeah. and over and over again, or would subscribe to a game gaming uh, subscription subscription. To play consistently because that's what people want. Yeah. It's just the unfortunate fact that that's not because they have the ability to just really milk everyone over here with the monetization. Yes, subscription services are nice, but it's a lot easier to get those whales doing, you know, $1.99, $2.99, then maybe even like 99 cents a few times. Get them really hitting for it. And then $1.99, $2.99, $3.99, $4.99, $1.99, okay, $2.99. You're not going to start breaking into song. Sorry. <laughs> this I, is not Catstone Dance. Okay, actually, no. I was going a little bit towards the Pocahontas. Yeah, don't do that either. Okay, fine. All right. But... Um, obviously, we can go on and on about piracy, but um, I would like for you all to enjoy the rest of your life. And with that being said, this has been Mr. Gamer. And this is Kitty Duvall. Signing off.